Hey everyone, welcome back to an all new edition of the 20% Podcast, the podcast that brings you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you can implement in your current job today. Today's guest is Dr. Stephanie Boyer. Dr. Boyer is a professor of sales and marketing at Bryant University. That's not all though. Dr. Boyer is also a sales coach, TEDx speaker, author, director of the Northeastern Intercollegiate Sales Competition, and also is a co-founder of Rainmakers, which is an AI-based sales role-playing software designed to help students hone their sales skills. Dr. Boyer is all about doing everything she can to elevate the sales profession with training and connecting the brightest sales students she can with sales programs, events, and live sales competitions so they can master their skills. For those of you who know me, you know I'm all about elevating the sales profession, and we covered so many incredible topics, ranging from the importance of finding your story, sales lessons from firefighting, what does your brand say about you, and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Stephanie Boyer. Dr. Stephanie Boyer, welcome to the 20% Podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm, ex- I'm so excited as well. And, and we were just chatting a little bit before this, and, and it, it's very clear how, how passionate we are about the sales profession. And we align very well with some of our thoughts on sales being the best profession in the world and how do we get more people involved with it. So, so thank you so much for, for being on the show. For people who don't know who you are, who is Dr. Boyer and what are you doing right now? Well, I run the sales program at Bryant University, and uh, that's in Rhode Island, for anybody who doesn't know where Bryant is. I didn't know where it was when I first was considering interviewing there. Uh, And I also created an app that lets students, lets people train on selling skills and practice by talking to an animated bot and getting feedback. Wow, that is awesome. Let, let's dive into that first. I mean, I think that that's super interesting. Is it, is it just like AI based or, or how do you, how do people use it? And how's it different than like a gong or something else? So with what we're doing, we're really controlling the buyer who's the customer in the scenario. So the students come in, they download uh, an app on their phone and they register their profile. So basically they say everything about themselves. They upload a resume, put their LinkedIn. So they're actually using it as a tool to try to get jobs. Uh, And employers are actually looking at the data to try to hire the students as well. So there's thousands of students that are competing from all over the world, mostly in the United States. uh, And they come in, they watch a video, they take a quiz, they watch another video. So they're learning about the sales process, about the case, about how to use the app. Um, And then when they're ready and when their professor says that they're ready, they go in and they start practicing role plays. So they can do a complete role play. Uh, or they can do parts of the role play. And so it's all based on one of our sponsors, Dell, and the students are selling Dell computers because you have to have some kind of reference point right. that you can be evaluated on. So we're all using that same process, right? It's it's opening, discovery, presentation, um, objections, and close. And then we're looking at communication and empathy as well. But And then there's multiple layers within each one. So the student is really practicing having a conversation. So it's not like that branching dialogue where you select an answer. You're actually hitting the microphone button and you're talking to it, kind of like Siri. And then the bot is listening, adapting, and responding. And at the same time that this is happening, because it's having a conversation with you, it's scoring the student. So it's saying, you know, what did you say? When did you say it? How did you say it? How well did you say it? Did you start pitching the product when you're still in discovery? So it's looking for all these different things. And as soon as the student is done, then they get immediate feedback. So it tells them how do they perform in each category and in each subcategory. So like maybe in discovery, you got 70%. 
But within that, uh, you really didn't know how to ask that like fourth and fifth question, or you didn't get a pre-commitment to be able to get into the presentation before you went into it. So it actually diagnoses and it tells you what you need to do to get a better score. So really the students are training all semester on this. And at the end of the semester, they all compete against each other to see who are the top 1%, 10%, 30% of all students worldwide who are training and competing in the system. So we developed that because I had my students doing role plays because the only way you're going to get better in sales is doing role plays. Practice. You're not going to get better at sales by taking tests and quizzes or writing essays. Uh, and so they had to practice, but I was going crazy. My students were submitting role plays and I couldn't keep up with them. So I was fighting with my husband, you know, it was like, what are you doing watching these kids on the computer? You're with them all week, you know, and I needed a solution so that I could give them the feedback that they needed in a timely way, right? Like right away, we needed to give them the feedback. So yeah, no, it's, it's been a fun adventure. And after talking to you and hearing, you know, you're trying to elevate the sales profession, get people in earlier. That's the goal. That's the goal with this is to get people in. Because what we're seeing is when students compete in a competition, they get pumped about sales. And so they want to be in sales. Interesting. Do you, and, and before we dive into, I think that's incredible that you started this because one, I think it's an absolute need. I think that more people than just students alone could leverage something like this. But I also think it's super interesting that you, you literally developed something that wasn't there, right? That, that, to fulfill that need. So you were almost selling your product before, as you were making it, like, right? <laughs> it was, you know, we had buy-in because all the faculty around the country are having the same problem. Then when we hit the pandemic, it skyrocketed and we have so many people playing. I mean, we have everything from community colleges to Harvard MBA using it in their sales classes. Wow. And the best part is like, you can't just have two people compete from your school. You can have anybody compete and it's free. So we don't charge anything. So every student can play that's a college student. Wow. I love that. That's so cool. Are you guys thinking about rolling anything out to, um, because I, I think in sales in general, as we discussed previously, is just an undereducated profession. Um, do you have any plans of kind of rolling that out um, to maybe other people outside of just the college? Or how do we go ahead and try to elevate the profession and get more people educated in general about it? That's a good question. We do get a lot of uh, questions about that. You know, we're going out the, the way that we make it free is because companies sponsor it. And with the sponsorship, it's giving free training to everybody, but also this, the companies get access to the talent and they can look at the data and see, you know, who are the top performers, who's working the hardest, who's coachable, um, you know, be, being able to look at that. So that helps us to continue to develop it. Um, but when we ask for that, usually the companies say like, well, this is great and we want access, but could we create a training program uh, for us? So there definitely is some interest and for sure, I'd love to be able to offer something that's free for everybody. Like anybody, if you're in sales, if you're not in sales, it doesn't matter just to kind of come in and compete and, and test it out. That's that's for sure in the future. Wow, I think that's interesting. Or maybe you could just have more, more executive sponsors of going in there saying, hey, like the Dells and like the other ones of like, hey, this is a great way to recruit talent. But besides just recruiting talent, you're elevating sales. You're making sales a better profession. And also- you could also choose from some of these people then potentially as your newest sales force, right? So you're connecting people and getting it. You're, you're almost having these companies educate them prior to even coming in. So I think that that is incredible. Um, 
Thank you. Wow. And you know what? It's it's so hard because some people are very lucky and they get to go take classes at a university that has a sales program and they get in the sales program. But, you know, as, as much as they're growing and we're almost up to 200 now sales programs, um, there are a lot of other schools and universities that are not there yet. And there's a lot of other students that end up going into sales jobs. So I'm hoping that we can reach all of these people to give them a little bit of a foundation and a base so that they can be more successful, that they have some tools. Because then the typical thing you think of, you think of like a very aggressive seller when you think of going into sales. Right. And sometimes what happens is a student goes out and then they try to act like that. You know, they try to act like they're in the boiler room or wherever. Glenn Gary, and, Glenn Ross or, exactly. or any of those movies that just completely botch the sales profession, right? Exactly. And that's not what selling is about at all. And you're certainly not going to have loyal customers to sell like that. So um, we're trying to to make the profession a little bit more elevated in, in many ways. Absolutely. So before we were talking, um, before we started recording as well, I know we were we were discussing like, how do you get people pumped up about sales or even just to learn about sales? And you mentioned shockingly, I said, I'm sure you're probably working with people who, you know, obviously they're going into a sales program. You probably want to be in sales, I thought. But could you explain a little bit more about uh, your thoughts on that? Sure. There are some students that come to my class and say, I want to go into sales. My parents are in sales. That's why I can afford to be here at this private school, right? right. Uh, but a lot of people are not coming in like that. They might say, I heard that selling skills are important because uh, you know, I'm going to need them when I'm interviewing or on the job market. Uh, there's a lot of students that just come in and they already believe sales is not for me. And maybe they took the class because that was the only option, you know, it fit their schedule. Right. And the way that we work on this is that we get them selling. We get them practicing and having the conversations so that they realize that it's not a sleazy job. Right. And for parents that are sending their kids to school, you know, there's a little bit of a sell that has to happen there too, because there's this misconception that if you go into sales, you don't need to go to school for that. Right. So you're wasting your money if you go to school and you study sales because you can just go into sales. And yes, you can go into sales without an education, but you're going to have to spend a lot more time learning by trial and error. Um, and the kind of sales that we prepare for, uh, prepare the students for is, you know, more higher level sales. So they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Um, not just, you know, going into like retail sales, which right. retail sales is still great, but you're going to have to spend a lot of time and work your way up there. But I'll tell you what, there is still a ton of people in re now that you mentioned retail sales that are not good salespeople. I, I literally just had an experience this weekend where we went and tried to buy a couch and the, I went to a couple different places. The first person didn't ask any kind of questions of like, oh, where is your couch going? Why do you want a couch? What, you know, just like some of the basic discovery questions. Whereas like, you know what? And then they walked away it never came back. And I'm like, okay, well, I, not a good situation. We went to another place. They, they came in, they all had their shirt, their suit and ties on. Everybody was all professional asking questions. And guess what? They got the sale mm -hmm. because he has experience. If you don't have experience, you need to try to get the education, I think. But there's so many places like the car industry, for example, that, that they say, hey, here's day one. Go talk to that person and go sell. How are they supposed to, if you have to hit a number, like John Barrow says all the time, people are going to be sleazy and do whatever they need to, to get that done. 
That's exactly right. I mean, you have to give people training and you have to teach people that sales is all about helping people. And if at the end of the day, you're able to help someone, you're going to sell, right? I mean, maybe sometimes your product isn't right, but you build loyalty and trust. And so they're probably going to refer their friends to you. Right. Uh, but it's just, it, at the end of the day, it's really just about helping people. Absolutely. And I think that that's incredible. And, and when you mentioned that, it, it kind of reminded me, do you know who Larry Levine is? Selling from the heart. Um, so talking to him, he, he mentions you need to have the relationship funnel and the sales funnel. Everybody could go into the relationship funnel and then over time they could fall into that sales funnel. And, it, and that's kind of what sounded like you mentioned, like, hey, every, it's not for everybody, but um, I think it's being able to, to go ahead and honestly, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> I have no idea where I was going with that. Um, well, I mean, people, people buy from people. And then they buy from product and then they buy company. So like you have to put your best self forward. Like it's you that you're selling, first of all. And if you go in and you're just trying to push product instead of starting to create some kind of rapport or um, add some value or show that you understand the client uh, in some way, if you're just pushing product, you're just going to be so frustrated because people don't come in for that. You know, they have to get to know and trust you a little bit and, you can do that in so many different ways, right? But you have to be able to start there instead of pushing the product. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and uh, I just talked to Jake, Jake Dunlap the other day too and, and just posted about it of selling the outcome and not the product. So you really yes. need to put yourself in the seat. He was selling Tampa Bay Rays tickets and he, he was selling on the experience of bringing your child to the game. And you need to buy the premium seats because you're, they're going to remember that experience. And if, if you know, I have we have a one and a half year old son, I'd say, yeah, you're right, Jake. I need to buy those because we need to have this great. So, so I think that that's you know just another pretty interesting skill. But if you're if you're talking about the sales profession in general, why should somebody start their career in sales, or what, what kind of skills do you think somebody the top skills that somebody could get from a sales career? Sure. I mean, when you're selling, you get to know everything about the company. You know about the product, you know about the competition, you know about the customers. So if you ever want to work your way up to that C-level position, sales is a very good way to start. And you can start to earn some great income. So you get rewarded for the effort and the impact that you're making there. Uh, so coming in, you know, it used to be, oh, well, you can communicate, you can have a conversation. And so people would have a gut feeling and say like, oh, I want to hire you because of this. Uh, but it's really not about that. It's about being open to learn and not getting that chip on your shoulder, thinking that you know everything. I can't tell you how many people I see coming in and, you know, they go to a training, but they're closed off because they think that they know everything already. Right. So I think being open to learn, constantly pushing yourself to feel uncomfortable, right? So whatever you can do to, to get out of your comfort zone and maybe some adaptability training that you can get yourself. Uh, improv training is really good. We notice that theater students do really well in sales. We notice that athletes do really well in sales uh, for two different reasons. So with theater, they're able to adapt. They're able to think on the uh, feet. They're able to command the stage, right? Just like they could command the room. Uh, and then they're, they're able to just really think, think through and problem solve. Uh, and they also know that when they're on stage, they have to try to help make everybody look good. And that's the same thing that you want to do in a sale is like you want everyone to have a good experience, everybody to win. Now, athletes do really well because they know the value of hard work. They know perseverance. 
they know how to focus, they know how to balance school with activities, um, and they really want to win. So, you know, if you have some of those traits or if you're coachable and you want to work hard or you want to help people, uh, those are all great reasons to get into sales. Wow. I love that. And, and, and I want to continue on some of this career path because it's amazing how many parallels there are between previous careers and sales, even if for those people out there who maybe are not just a kid who are a kid or young adult who could, is going to college. But there's a lot of people who say, maybe, I, maybe sales is, is a profession that I could try, but I'm not quite sure. You know, Lori Richardson was a teacher before sales and she's, she's selling education, right? Um, bartenders are some of the best sales professionals or, or, or um, servers because they need, they're working for a tip pretty much. They're working almost all on commission service. Mm -hmm. They need to work with the, they're the front facing for the people in the back. If there's an issue with the food, you need to take, take advantage of that, you know, taking a thing. So what other careers do you think are beneficial in, in sales or, or at least learning sales skills besides some of the ones that you mentioned, besides the theater and, and some of the others? Anything, anything goes, right? If you, if you have the right kind of attitude and that will to win and you want to work hard, um, you could be anything. I was a firefighter before. I worked at U.S. Customs before. Like I had so many different roles um, and it really just depends on that attitude and that mindset. But it's funny, we actually created a new product for Rainmakers. It's called a Speed Cell, and it's, it's a storytelling program, uh, and it helps students learn how to tell their own story, to pitch it to a company if they want a job in sales or sales-related. And part of that is we help them find their story. And a lot of students don't understand. They're like, well, I, I was a bartender. Is that something that I can tell a story about? Like, is that a skill that somebody would care about? So I think the first step is recognizing that there are a lot of skills that are transferable when it comes to, you know, leadership and um, ability to work on a team. I mean, there's just, there's so many things that you're acquiring in many different jobs. And so we actually work with the students to try to help them find that story so they can actually pitch themselves. But I would say, probably about 80% of the time, students don't even recognize that something that they're doing is something very favorable for sales. You know, whether it's being an athlete or being a leader in a student organization or a time when you went studying abroad or you captained a ship, right? There's just, there's so many things. Um, and I think that that's true probably for people in any kind of position. So if you're gonna work well with others, uh, if you at least want to be a good communicator, if you can listen, uh, if you know how to show empathy, these are all things that you need for selling. Wow, that is incredible. And, and that that kind of leads me right into to my next question of, I a million percent agree. Uh, some of those those first jobs, if you're making you know eight fifty an hour, if you're a bartender or something, even less, the skills that you're acquiring, and, and I, I think that people really don't understand that all of the skills that you attain over your lifetime are valuable and are going to be used somewhere else. Um, what, I'm, what I've been doing some of the interviews for my book, I'm talking to all of these top sales professionals, as I mentioned, and all of them had some kind of serving job or, you know, working with their grandmother who where they learned marketing, you know, just doing, you know, clothing sales or whatever, yeah. right? What were some of your first jobs besides firefighting? And, and two, I guess let's just start with firefighting. What about <laughs> firefighting helps you in your sales career now? Well, whenever you would go into a call, you would have to start to identify what's happening in the situation. And if there were people around, you had to talk to them and you'd have to communicate on their level. Usually they were panicking because something was really wrong. Usually you don't call 911 when things are really good. 
so that was that was one of the big things uh, that I realized. And then I also realized very early, you know, I was 18 when I was a firefighter. I realized how important it is to stick to a process and keep your cool when you're there. So when I went into my very first structure fire, so a building was on fire. I was looking for a six month old baby that they thought was in there. Don't worry, the baby wasn't in there, but we, you know, tensions were very high. And I was, I went in, when you go in, um, you're with someone else. Well, I got lost from my person that I was with. And all of a sudden my oxygen was running low. This and is like a movie. I started to panic. It's like a bad I, movie. <laughs> it was so scary. It was so scary. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I have so many minutes left. And at first I panicked and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. This is how I die. I don't want to die like this. You know, I'm too young. Right. And, um, and then I realized, I was like, okay, the only person who's going to save me is me. And so I have to figure this out. I have to solve my own problems here. And in your training, you know that you're crawling on the, on the ground and then you put your right hand on the wall and you kind of move around the room with your right hand. I couldn't find my way out of the room. And so I was panicked. But you have to remember that when you go into a fire, nobody has cleaned their home for you. So imagine like all the stuff that's in your house around the walls. If somebody's trying to move around the house by touching the walls, it gets very confusing. So I went back to that and I just stayed to the wall and I was able to get myself out of there. But I remembered, I was like, I have to stick to the process. The process works. But often, whether it's sales or not, we panic when things are not going exactly the way that we thought. And in sales, at least you're probably not going to die because of it, right? But very early, I realized you got to go back to the process. There's a process for everything and just kind of come back to it and think through it and try to stay level-headed. That's definitely the, the thing that I learned in one of my first jobs about sales that was very much related. Uh, but also, you know, just being able to talk to the people and getting them to trust you and talking like talking them to calm them down and getting the being able to get the information that you need you know what happened prior to us coming so if they don't if they don't trust us and give us the right information then we won't be able to treat them the way that we need to treat them wow there's just so many the parallels between life and sales it is really ridiculous to me um that is so crazy. and, and to uh, you mentioned it but the training aspect of it as well you're not going into any of those kind of situations without thorough training. And that is what the key factor of if firefighters are training to do that, or if Tom Brady is watching his game film all the time, why are salespeople not doing it? This is a profession. It's true, but you know what? How are they going to train and practice, right? Like how much time does a manager have to sit down and do a role play or watch a conversation, right? And so that's part of the, the interest here is, you know, create a tool where people can empower themselves and, and you know, self-service. And then also sometimes you have to get permission when you're recording yourself with a client. So I think sometimes it can be hard and you're just, you're so busy doing so many different things that you just forget about the fact that you need to train and practice. And so what ends up happening is you're just practicing with the clients and a company should maybe stop and think, you know, do I want most of the practice that the salespeople are doing? Do I really want it with the client or do I want it uh, in a playground, a sandbox that's safe first, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where that's where some other people, I know myself um, and I think 
I bring back John Barrows again because I just he, fresh in my head from listening to his podcast this morning. Um, he mentioned, you know, he takes some of those like lower tiered accounts and kind of cuts his teeth there. But why are we not doing that? So if, if we only have the time to do it, to train while we're in that session, you need to do it on ones where the outcomes, you're not going to, your number one top tier account, you're not going to go in there and try to learn from them. Right. Um, so that's, that's super, super interesting to me. Now, um, any other, um, jobs besides firefighting that you have any kind of good stories from that you say, Hey, that was a huge skill that I didn't think I was going to use, but now I'm using it a lot now. Oh gosh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, when I was working at customs, us customs, and I was working with the, uh, agents there. And sometimes we do like undercover sting operations. And I mean, it was just, it was a really cool experience. It was definitely high adrenaline. And I would just say, you know, with that, it's, it's all about communication and you have a whole team. So often in sales, you see, sometimes you'll have a very high performer and they're just this lone wolf, you know, and they want to go out there and they want to sell. And it's hard for the manager, I think, to, to handle that. But it's so important to have a team and a community of people that are building each other up and they're supporting each other um, so that you don't just have that one person that's an amazing salesperson, but then they don't add any additional value to the team. Right. So when I was working there, I realized, you know, it's it's really a team effort and the better the team communicates uh, and sticks together, the better the outcomes are for everybody. Wow. that That is incredible. And teams in sales is kind of one of those things of like, even though you're an individual contributors, like that it doesn't matter what your teammates doing. I truly think it is because everybody, you know, they, they, what the boats rise with the tide. So if you're helping everybody else, you're going to help yourself out too. So I love that. So how did you get into you know, no, it, it, It's, it's so true because that reputation that salesperson Mike builds with his client, that client is going to talk. And so that's how you build your brand and your reputation. So you want everybody to be amazing at the company. So that way, when, you know, Shirley goes out and has a conversation. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I, I know your company and I trust it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So branding, you mentioned branding, and I know that that's something that you try to work on as well uh, of the importance with it. Um, what is brand? I mean, how, how are you teaching these college students how the importance of brand? Because I've only just started this brand, personal brand journey a, a year ago when I started the podcast. And I, it was the best professional decision that I've ever done in my life. Um, so I wish that I would have done that sooner. How are you teaching students? Are they coming in and having like a LinkedIn background? I mean, I know that everybody's on the Instagrams and the Facebook and, and whatever other social media, but how do you get them to really understand the importance of personal brand and having people know who you are? Sure. It, I mean, it's, it's so important to have your brand out there on LinkedIn, especially if you're studying business of any kind. Uh, I wrote a book with a professor, Charmaine Adaran at, at Bryant University. Uh, it's called um, the little black book of social media and it's strategies to ignite your brand, right? Whether it's an influencer, a business or a professional brand, and it has 30 steps. So the students have to come in step by step and throughout the semester, they're building their brand on LinkedIn. And the very, very first step is to build that purpose and that authenticity because you can go out there and you can post as much as you want. It's going to be disjointed. It's not going to make sense. It's going to confuse people. It may not even be you. You might be like, that's, I want to be like that. And that's not who you are, right? So it's just going to fall apart. So the very first step is to align what your values are with your talents and your experience. So if you can identify, you know, what is it that I'm good at? 
What do I really care about? What have I done in the past? Then when they intersect, you find that little sweet spot in the middle and you're like, okay, this is really who I am. And it might have different layers. So you just kind of pick the ones that are relevant. Um, and from there, that's how you start to build your audience. That's how you start to find your voice um, based on who you are there and that purpose and what's driving you, your authentic self. Then you can go out and you can find what are the hot topics in this area? Who are the strong voices in this area? Um, what audience do I want to have? How can I make money here by doing the things that I love? And so if you just kind of build it from there and you create a structured approach and a calendar, um, life becomes so much easier. It doesn't confuse anybody. It, it becomes very easy to create content because it's all about that authenticity that you bring to the table. I love that. Authenticity is truly everything. And I, it's so funny that like, it seems like, and you, you hear people's testimonials and stuff, but I think it's true for myself of like, the more, if like, if I, I get the best engagement on things on LinkedIn, when it's genuine of like right out, and I'm not saying things I'm doing aren't genuine, but like, I just had a, a meeting with a, with a, my sales manager and I was blown away by this, or I just got done prospecting and I got my teeth, my teeth kicked in, but I reviewed the film and here's what I did. Right. Like mm -hmm. and those are the best ones of, of being authentic. Um, but in that story, yeah. I also heard you mentioning process and relationships, building relationships as well, because if you're going to find those people, you know, the top of the top people, if you want to succeed, you need to build relationships with those people as well. What are your thoughts around relationships and how these kids should just try to get themselves out there like that? I think that's a really good point. There's a lot of people that go out on social media and it's like they forget how to be humans. So a lot of times if you would walk into the room and someone said hi to you, you'd probably say hi back. And if you didn't say hi back, you'd feel like you were being a jerk. Probably right. maybe you were just too busy or something happened. But for some reason on social media, people think it's totally fine to just ignore um, so it's really important to remember that the communication out there is a two-way street. You can't just go out and post about your brand and say, you know, listen to my new this or come buy this, it's 20% off or, you know, whatever. You have to engage, you have to build a community and you have to add value. So for my students, I always ask them to go out and have conversations, uh, make themselves useful right? Reach out to a manager or salesperson and see, can I shadow you? And I'll help you for the day. What do you need? Do you need, you know, some files to be filed? Do you need me to take some notes? How can I help you? Uh, can I take you to lunch? Can I buy you a coffee and, you know, hear a couple of stories? Uh, something like that, where they're not just only asking for something, where they're offering something back um, and building those relationships now, because they, they may not want to hire you, but they might know someone who wants to hire you. Absolutely. In the future. And so my students are actually required to go out and have conversations with people as part of the class. I think that is fantastic. I think that that's so great. And I, I think one of the ways that I do that too, tell, tell them to start a podcast too. It's selfishly get to talk to people. Now, now no, podcasting is not for everybody. Um, disclaimer <laughs> here, but that is part of the reason why I love doing this because, you know, obviously we were connected through Scott Garber. Shout out to Scott. If you're listening here, you better be listening. Thanks, Scott. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, people like that, where you meet them on social media, you could build yeah. great relationships with people and then you never know what could come from that. That's what I love about the podcast. I've talked to previous yeah. TEDx speakers and current TEDx speakers, you know, talk to um, top sales professionals in the world, but all it is, is, is about providing value back to them of like, Hey, Congratulations, Dr. Boyer, on, on your new book. 
I think it's incredible. You know, I would love to just have a conversation, sit down and chat about it and also help promote the book in any way that I can. You know, I'll send you all the micro content from our conversation so that you could post it and share it yourself. Who's not going to do that? Just curious. I'm curious to, you know, curious to chat with you and learn. I can't even tell you. And then the, the, the nice part about that too, is that when you're sending that content to people, they're going to share it out. And then you get part of, you could start building your brand based upon people's brand, like based upon your audience, right? Like it's truly amazing how that works, but what it comes down to is providing value to other people first, right? Exactly. And I mean, and that's what, that's what sales boils down to is helping people. You know, it's all about helping someone through whatever struggle that they're having or helping them see that they're even in a struggle because sometimes they don't know or they can't recognize it. But when you're building your brand on LinkedIn, um, you're becoming a trusted advisor. So you're, you're building that trust around what your authentic brand is. Um, So if somebody doesn't know you, they are probably going to see your LinkedIn page before they see anything else. And uh, you know, what does that page say to them? You know, and, and thinking about, you can see someone's activity. So that's on their actual page. Now, how does that person interact? Are they out there supporting and cheering people on? Are they out there complaining? You can learn a lot about people by looking at that. And that's all fair game for anybody to see. So I would definitely say to anybody, you know, think about what your activity says about you. I love that. And another point to add to that is when you're in sales, you could see what kind of person they are. Are they an analytical person? Do they talk in analytical groups? Are they somebody who's very straight and concise to the point or are they pretty verbose and like to talk to people? You could kind of tailor your message or if you see them in videos, I can't even tell you the amount of people that I've met and I feel like I already know them because of their brand and knowing exactly what that is. That is invaluable from a sales perspective, not even just a sales perspective, just in general when you're reaching out to these people. Um, So that's incredible. I want to talk about your TED Talk. Um, What is that all about and, and how did that come in motion? Uh, well, they they had these opportunities, and so I applied for one. It was actually really comical because during the application process, it was over COVID, and you had to come in and do a, like a mock talk. And uh, the AV department had recently upgraded my computer, and so they asked me to upgrade Zoom. And so Zoom would crash about every 10 seconds when I was on it, and this happened moments before I had to go into the... <laughs> Um, but I think they felt bad for me. And I think that they noticed when I tried to rejoin about 16 times and then I went on my phone and I just threw that. I thought they were like, you know what? This person has a lot of perseverance and wants this bad. So we're going to, we're going to let her do it. Um, and I, I was really thinking about, you know, how can I take what we know about sales and make that more palatable for anybody? And especially women, women have a struggle when it comes to sales. They don't identify with being in sales. It's seen as very aggressive, a very masculine type of a role um, just for the average person. In the sales programs, women are always winning all the competitions. But I wanted to be able to take that out to anybody that was in my network to be able to look at it and say, how can I go after more of what I want? How can I identify what I actually want? How can I ask for what I want? Um, And then how do I handle pushback? when I'm trying to go after what I want. So I try to kind of wrap in a couple key uh, sales strategies into everyday life experiences. So take a listen. I think it's 16 or 18 minutes or something. Absolutely. I'll I'll link to that in the show notes as well so that people could check it out. But what it sounds like 
is that your previous experience as a fighter, firefighter staying calm during those situations probably helped you during that TED talk, right? <laughs> it was really scary because, um, you know, we, we still had to wear our masks until right before we hopped on the stage. And I got on the stage and the lights were all shining in my face. And everything was dark, except for I'd see people on their phones. So it's distracting. And it was just such a new experience of, you know, hearing the sounds, hearing my voice in a different way. I had a microphone taped onto my back all before, and I was trying to balance it so it wouldn't get knocked off. And you're and not playing with it the whole time, right? I know. I know. It was, it was, it was so many like new things that, I, that were coming in that I was processing. So I was for sure nervous, very nervous there. But I was like, I'm on stage. This is streaming live. There's no cuts. There's no retakes. Right. I just have to do it. And, you know, and then I was, I noticed, I'm like, okay, I only have like one more segment and then we'll be done. Like we'll have gotten through this. This is good. Right. So no, it, it definitely helped a lot. And um, I would recommend anyone who has a chance to do that, do it. It's, it's challenging. And it's very different from anything else because you have to memorize exactly what you want to say word for word because it's timed, right? So it has to be like an exact timed uh, event. Wow. No, I'm getting stressed out just thinking about that. But but I think I think <laughs> if I do, do get, the, get the opportunity to do it, I mean, it, it's really to your point earlier, being comfortable with the uncomfortable is is not only sales, but it's just life in general, right? I mean, we every day we're in an uncomfortable situation, but I feel like sales professionals may be better at overcoming that because we're saying, hey, we're getting used to talking to strangers. We're used to getting our teeth kicked in right in front, you know, it, talking to people and, and whatever. So being uncomfortable or being comfortable rather with the uncomfortable is, is crucial. So I want to ask you as a non uh, professional or a professor at a university, how could I go about trying to make the sales profession a better position? And how could I also start with trying to get some earlier education to people? Like what, what could I do as a, regular person, regular sales professional trying to do this? So one of the things that we're doing at Bryant is we host uh, an executive presence workshop for high school students. So we allow them to all come in. It's free. Uh, we talk about how to improve ex executive presence. And um, we, we do, it's like a three hour workshop that we bring them in and we're talking about sales too, at the same time of like, you know, this is really a part of sales. You need to master this. So um, going out and being a mentor, just like I have my students try to be mentors for all these high school students that come in. Um, there's over 200 sales programs around, or almost 200 sales programs around the U.S. So talk to your alma mater and find out, do they have any programs available where you can come in and you can talk to the classes? Um, you can work with the career services department. Um, there's a lot of mentor type activities. Uh, if you can get involved with the sales programs that are out there, um, just go in and see if you can do role plays with students, if you can judge uh, any of the, the competitions or just come into the classroom or maybe not even the classroom, but just be available as a coach to do role plays or to watch role plays uh, for students. And, you know, every little bit of uh, effort to try to help elevate the sales profession, it all matters. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much for that. There, there's a ton of different thoughts there and, uh, uh, yeah, we'll have to, to to keep chatting about that because I think it's super important that these people do understand, you know, in high school, you think I, I would have thought that shifty, shady person sales is not for me. Meanwhile, 
I can't even tell you the amount of ways that it's been beneficial and that it's going to continue to be beneficial throughout my life and, and through the skills that I'm learning too. So, so thank you so much for that. Uh, one final question that I have for you that I love to ask all of my guests, if you were teaching a college, and this is, this is an interesting one. Cause I, I ask the guest, every single guest, this question. Um, but from, if you were teaching a college 101 class, uh, based upon your career, your life experience, what would you teach? And it can't be sales or marketing. What would it be? Oh, a life one? Gosh, you know, probably a writing class. I think some kind of writing or communication class. Uh, that's uh, maybe that that would be it. Or, you know, somehow being sneaky and trying to tie in a sales training without calling it sales training, right? Like on Thursday, I'm doing a training on, you know, how to handle pushback for a bunch of freshmen at Bryant. So like life skills like that, you know, like how do you handle when people don't agree with you, what do you even do in those situations? Like, how do you come out on top? So uh, outside of that, for sure, writing. People need better writing skills and communication skills. Wow, that's super interesting. And as you mentioned that, I think it'd be fun if, if you even kind of made it into like more of like a realistic college situation of like how to, if, if you position it more of like how to overcome rejection if you're in like dating or something and you're learning that sales skill through something that people are interested in. So that's that's another thought potentially of, of trying to, hide some of those sales skills into, you know, catering to your audience, which what we do in sales, right? Um, you hit the nail on the head right there. You know, it doesn't matter what you want. It matters what they want and what they're interested in. And if you can deliver that, then you can still get what you want, right? So you're trying to, you're trying to teach them objection handling skills, right? And resilience. And then you have a workshop about, you know, handling people, while you're dating or, you know, asking them out, you know, it's, it's all a head fake, right? right? And so yeah. you'll get a lot better results that way. Yeah. That this has been so great. Where can people learn more about you and everything you have going on? Well, I mean, LinkedIn is where people usually connect with me and happy to talk if they want to get involved with Rainmakers or the Bryant sales program, or, you know, they just want to ask questions about building your brand on LinkedIn, happy to have lots of conversations. And I can't wait to get to the point where we can actually see people again in person. And yes, that'll be great. Back. <laughs> Very good, Dr. Blair. Well, thank you so much for your time. All right. Thanks so much, Tyler. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening into today's episode. I've been really getting some great feedback from listeners and many have left a rating and review on Apple podcast as well. If you enjoy the show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review as well. It truly goes a very long way in spreading the word for our guest and also allows me to continue to bring on more incredible guests and onto the show. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Thank you so much, everyone.